Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show as we start a new week. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, lots of pre-owned inventory, a great service department and sales staff, and a great service department, number one, that is there for you to get your current vehicle done with the diagnostics, with the inspections, with the simple things that need to be done, like an oil change. And the sales department is there for you and getting you a good deal. All part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And every Monday show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com, home, auto, life, business, RV, boat for this time of the year. Hopefully we'll get those boats out on Lake Augusta sooner rather than later. They are the best in the biz when it comes to insurance matters. And, of course, don't forget we've got the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament coming up on August 10th from the Susquehanna Valley Country Club. Looking forward to that. And it's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Lots to recap from the sports weekend, including a fantastic frenzy finish to the U.S. Open. It was another good weekend for the PGA with another live cloud hanging over it. And now today they try to apply for the World Golf Rankings. Aside from that, when it comes to the U.S. Open from the weekend, it was good because, of course, the drama involved, but it, but in the other cases, you have another young golfer that has stepped up into the spotlight here, and, and Matt Fitzpatrick, and the way he had to win it in, a, in come from behind fashion, the long birdie putt on 14 to get the pressure started on Will Zalatoris, who falls short yet again in a major. Then, of course, the amazing shot on 18 from the bunker to get it onto the green, and then he has to hang on late after he wasn't able to finish it with that birdie putt to win it. Zalatoris misses the birdie putt to send it to a playoff, and Fitzpatrick's your first-time major and overall PGA winner. It's just a great story from... His time spending with the Fulton family 
him becoming one of a few golfers to win a a major and the U.S. Amateur Open at uh, at the Country Club in Brookline. So it's a, it's, a, it's a good story for golf. Now, can he keep it going in future major tournaments? We'll have to see. I thought it was also good, too, that Scott Scheffler was back in contention. After a slow start, he made some noise late yesterday. Just didn't quite have enough to to really be in the running on the final couple of holes. But he put himself in there. He gets a top-five finish coming off the Masters win. Things didn't go so well for him in the uh, previous major. So this was good, I think, for him as well and for and for golf. Rory, though, as of course, was another major disappointment. And it was kind of opposite for him. You know, Steve mentioned on Friday... He's kind of a golfer that takes a while to get going. But he started off well. He was three under on Friday or Thursday or Friday, whatever it was, in the first couple rounds. And then he faltered, tried to get back in it, got a top 10 finish out of it, but just didn't have enough after all the comments he made about the live, which I still applaud for him. It'd just be nice to see him kind of walk the walk a little bit after talking the talk. But all in all, it was a good weekend for the PGA that was needed as we now await what this ruling is going to be with the World Golf Rankings and bringing in the Live Tour. Now with that, Greg Norman was on a Fox News, I believe, over the weekend, and he was asking if Jay Monahan, the PGA commissioner, would recuse himself from the vote because he's on the board. And as much as I hate to say it, I think he should, simply from the conflict of interest. But what I don't know is, and I wonder if Steve does, is does this vote to allow Liv to be part of the World Golf Rankings have to be unanimous? Either way, I think Monaghan should be recused from this. Well, that's a, this, it's a big factor either way, whether that has to be a, either a majority vote or it has to be a unanimous vote. There's eight people on the panel. I just be, I'm just curious about that. I haven't, I haven't really f- been able to figure that one out. But we'll have to keep an eye on that as we go along. And going to baseball real quick. Of course, we've been talking about the Phillies' success. You but the Pirates actually had a good success. weekend. Huh? What? The Pirates somehow actually had a somewhat of a good weekend, and now they're finally bringing up the... What are you talking about? They lost two out of three. Well, the way they won yesterday, and now they're starting to bring up some yeah, of the... Yeah, they salvaged, they, they, salv- they salvaged the game. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. They didn't have a good weekend. <laughs> they won yesterday. Well, things are looking better for the Pirates. So, uh, somewhat. Somewhat. I'll get back. I'll get back to you on that. Um, so, something happened to me on Saturday. It has never happened to me before. For the first time in my life, I rooted for the Yankees. Say that again? For the first time in my life, I rooted for the Yankees. Wow. So, Friday when the show is over... Oh, my almighty! Well, no, don't get too carried away. Uh, 
And I drove up to Rochester to see my five-year-old grandson, Ryan, play T-ball. Now, I've done that with my grandson, Colin. I've done that with my grandson, Ben. You know, it's, you know I've, I've been to a lot of Little League games. Well, now he's starting T-ball, and I've always promised that I would go up and watch them play a game during the course of the season. So I went up on Saturday. I went up Friday night, and Saturday I went to watch him play. The guy that is his coach, who, by the way, is a marvelous coach, he is an excellent, excellent youth coach, teaching the fundamentals, just this, you know, how, you know, Little tips on how to catch a baseball that's in front of you, catch a baseball that's over your head, how to feel the ground ball. You're teaching the fundamentals. They're maybe five years old, okay? Uh, But he's still teaching them, and they're all picking up on it. I mean, stuff when you get to to start coaching Luke and Mark, instead of screaming at them, I'm going to kind of show them what to do. (laughs) Yes, uh, that's what I'll strive to do. I like every time. <laughs> I'm worried about you. I know. I appreciate it. I'm trying to get you on the straight and narrow before you um, make big mistakes. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Now, and. He's run, He has been involved in Little League, I think he told me, for 32 years. Four years he was the president. Well, because he's a big deal in the Little League up there, in I think it's the Webster Little League, okay? And he essentially gets to pick the team he wants to be that he's coaching. Well, he's a huge Yankees fan, so my grandson is playing for the Yankees. He's got his Yankees jersey on, the whole thing, right? Now I you know. get it. Right. So, you know, uh, and and Ryan looks at me and he says, Grandpa, can you, yeah. he said, I'd like the parents to go out in the field with the kids who are on the field. He says, Grandpa, could you be the one to go out with there with me? So I went out with him all three innings when we were out there. And I had a blast out there, you know. You know, they played the athletics. If they were playing the Red Sox, I wouldn't have stopped any of those things. Just like, keep going, keep running. No, just kidding. <laughs> right? And just a marvelous, I mean, just a, I had such a good time. But the coach is such, he does such a good job. And, uh, uh, I mean, little things that, like, you know, you need to pick up on. Because, I because, mean, you're headed toward a bad path. I can just tell. Your expectations are too high. All right? I mean, I've, you know, believe me, I've, along the way, I mean, I've, I've seen your kid's athletic prowess. I mean, okay, don't, don't get too carried away, okay? <laughs> Heredity wasn't kind to them. All right? <laughs> Starting to figure that one out. <laughs> Uh, don't worry about it. The whole point is, you know, you want to know why I coached, and I coached for fourteen years. You want to know why? Oh, because it's so, it's extra time so with I, your kids, so I could be with them more. Yeah, 
and like more instead of just watching, be more directly involved with just being around them. Right. Right. Kidding around at a practice with them, kidding around during the course of a game with them, whatever it may be. Um, just you know, do whatever I you know, and that's why I did it for fourteen years. And uh, it's uh, so it was uh, the next Kevin Durant meet Chet Holmgren. No, I saw Kevin Durant play at Texas. I saw this could play with Gonzaga. No, all right. Uh, Get the lingerie <laughs> on the deck. Call the janitor. No offense, I'm not clicking onto that story. I don't need your perspective. Who wrote this anyway? Uh, Tim Kuhn. Tim, nice try. All right. <laughs> I know you wanted some clicks. Not happening. This is like... Uh, of who, though? Huh? Who? What organization does he write for? ESPN. Yeah, ESPN's the master of like like click clickbait stuff. You know, they're That's like atrocious. The the Sawinski kid, right? It's a home run. Historic historic home, historic day by Sawinski. Let me find the headline. It's one of those where you sit back and go, What are you talking about? Where is it here? Um Pirates rookie Sawinski has historic three home run game. No, 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 no. If Sawinski had five home runs, that would be historic. You want to know why? Nobody in the history of the game has had five home runs in one game. Now, he had three home runs, and one was a walk-off, and he's a rookie. When you start putting all these qualifiers on it to get to the, the slice of history, he's not the first guy to ever hit three home runs. All right? He's not the first one to ever hit a walk-off. But to do it as a rookie, okay, it's like, oh, please. It's like... It, what gets me is what Fox Sports and ESPN are now doing. Breaking news. Breaking news. I'm watching a game the other like, I don't know, two weeks ago, whatever it may be. Two weeks ago I'm watching a game. And out of nowhere. Breaking news. I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is. Cooper Cup signs three year contract. I'm looking around like Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. He signed a contract extension. Okay, that's like uh, that's notable. <laughs> God, we've got such a bad generation of I mean just bad, which is like the the I mean the, we're we're right now in the no perspective group. Like, get some perspective. That's not breaking news. It's notable. All right, he signed a three-year extension. Contract wasn't up. <laughs> breaking news? Like, breaking news, Tom Brady retires. Oh, wow. Okay, that's big. Breaking news, Tom Brady's returning. Wow, that is okay. That's breaking news. All right. You know, uh, let's take uh, breaking news. Devontae Adams traded by Packers to Raiders. Breaking news. Tyree Kill traded by Chiefs to Dolphins. I mean, those are like, you sit back and go, whoa. Cooper Cup signs contract extension. Okay. You don't sit there and go, wow. Historic. Historic what? I mean, Neil Armstrong steps on the moon. Historic. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that's a 10. 
<laughs> this is like a one. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by good friends at Purdy Insurance. In an ever-changing world, one thing you can always count on is the service at Purdy Insurance. Hi, this is Season. While the world is constantly changing, Purdy Insurance is dedicated to providing you with the highest level of service to protect you, your family, and your business. Give us a call today at 570-286-5855. Go to our website at purdyinsurance.com or check us out on Facebook to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. All right, coming up next half hour, Ken Hickman, Penn State All Sports Museum. And then we're going to talk to the Matt Wood of the Penn State baseball team after his incredible season. And more tips for young parent Matt Catrillo as to how to handle youth sports. I am taking notes. Maybe I'll let somebody else do it. (laughs) That's what Lisa would say. See, we are simpatico. (laughs) It's not that Matt doesn't know sports, but he expects his kids to be Derek Jeter. (laughs) No. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, light, business, motorcycle, boat, RV, whatever it may be. And he, when you sit back and you look at Purdy Insurance, they take care of all sorts of needs for you. And not only that, they'll do everything they can to save you money. They'll update insurance policies. Really great people who are the pros, pros when it comes to insurance. That's Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And don't forget about the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament, August 10th, at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club to benefit the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. We will be there for that. Sign your team up now for a great cause and a fun day. And uh, we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. The uh, Big Ten Medal of Honor winners, each school gets two. And Penn State's two recipients were announced today. Women's volleyball player Johnny Parker and men's basketball player John Hera were announced as Penn State's Medal of Honor winners today in the uh, for the Big Ten. All right. You doing okay there? I mean, it's like... Any, I'm any good. Complaint, you know, NBC, what the heck are they doing? I've never had a complaint about them doing the U.S. Open. I've always thought they were great at it. Now they've added in Peacock. 
I, there isn't a single person I know that likes it. Nobody. I've had nothing but complaints to people. Like, oh, no, I don't pay for that. Come on, I pay enough for everything else. Okay, so they're jumbling all over with the schedule in, out, whatever. But yesterday they did something that was inexcusable. Will Zalatoris is, I think, either just in the rough or whatever. He's going to hit his second shot in. And he's getting ready to hit. They got the little leaderboard up to the right. And Scotty Scheffler moves into the lead. It would have been nice to have shown it. <laughs> they didn't show him doing it. Until I, you know, until after the fact, you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, that's, that was the whole, yeah, that was bad. That's really bad. You, know, you sit there and you say to yourself, come on, that's the whole... I could care less about the features. I know, like, the suit loves the features. Uh, like, the reputation defender thing, he's got the premium one. Uh, <laughs> he needs premium. Um, but the... I don't care about the features. That's fine. Okay, if you want to do it in a pre-show or something like that, once they start playing, wait, what do you want? A feature on Tom Brady in the middle of the third quarter? No, this isn't the Olympics where everything's pre-packaged. I don't know. Ah, okay. Uh, can I do? Uh, we got Ken Hickman in a moment here. Do you want a quick update on from the Athletic and their article on Big Ten TV? Let's hear it. Uh, Jamie Pintero, uh said in an interview with the Athletic. Look, we have we have a great relationship with the Big Ten. They're certainly an ascending conference. They had a fantastic season last year. I'm not just talking about football. They've been a big part of ESPN for a long time now. It's no secret. If Kevin Warren were on this podcast with me right now, he would be comfortable with me saying that we are in discussions. That being said, just like every other property, we enter these discussions understanding that we can't get everything. And we're going to proceed with both discipline and thoughtfulness. So I can't tell you how this is going to play out. We are very much in it right now. Now, if you're wondering about when they get the SEC, just in case anyone doesn't know what the heck we're talking about here, in 2024 we add on our to our game inventory with the SEC and being the first pick for football every week. That has been the 330 um time slot on Saturday is on CBS. In addition, we'll have the conference championship game. We'll get an additional nine marquee SEC basketball games. We have one out-of-conference SEC football game per team per year. So once Texas and Oklahoma are in in 2025, we'll have 16 out-of-conference games. In 2024, it'll be 14. That's the deal we struck with the SEC. Interesting, isn't it? All right. You know, we keep going back to what we've, I've said now for about a month. 
Fox, CBS, NBC. Fox, CBS, NBC. Over and over again. Been saying that for a month. Other people have picked up on it and act like they've got sources. They don't. Uh, but um, that's what, you know, I'm not so sure I'd leave them out of it completely. But that may be the way they go. We'll find out. We'll find out in a month. All right, let's bring Ken Hickman now in. Ken, All Sports Museum, Penn State, big stuff coming up. Great to have you with us. Yeah, and you know, same here. So, you know, it's, it's certainly always always a good time talking with you. Yeah, uh, at least we're doing it when the Phillies are playing so well. I mean, I would not I mean uh, a, I, a month ago I wouldn't hey. have wanted to talk to you. Well, you, you know, it's, you know, you have to talk yourself back, you know, from the window ledge, you know, every, every now and then. But yeah. You know. <laughs> God, they're playing great. They've won. Yeah, they won four out. Well, now Washington, four out of five. But I mean, it's like hey, it, hey look, hey, it's like but, yeah, but yeah, it's like taking you, you took four out of five from the Pirates. Like who? Oh, okay. yeah, so. uh, look, it's you know, yeah, you, you know, you have to beat the bad teams as well as the good, and that's not something they they've always had the habit of doing. Right. <laughs> uh, I, you, know, you know, the uh, the front the front part of the season reminded me of the old days. You know, say in the late '90s, where they'd go sweep the juggernaut Braves, then come home and yeah. you know lose to some team that was 20 games under 500. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, the irony of uh, talking about the latest exhibit is that last night out of nowhere, I I popped in the movie Battle of the Bulge. Henry, Ooh, that's uh, going back. That's uh, what uh, well, Henry Fonda, H- Henry Fonda, Danny Andrews, Robert Ryan, yep. Robert Shaw, right? And uh, yep. watch that. Well, this yeah. <laughs> Which then leads us to your World War II exhibit. Uh, you had to put a lot of research in on World War One just because of the century of it. Was sure. it a little bit easier to do World War Two versus World War One because um, better documentation, time frame, not as great as a hundred? Uh, it what was interesting was it actually worked out to be the opposite. Okay. Um, you know, we had a little you know, some work the alumni association had done you know, uh, back around 1920 gave us kind of a head start on that World War One project. Yeah. Um, and you know, and you know, for this, you know, for this, we really didn't have that kind of launch pad to go from. We had to go back, you know, and run. You know, all of our letter winner lists against you know uh, pension records, you know, to try to track down the you know twelve hundred plus you know, men and women you know, that we identified. True. Yeah, were there, I'm going to assume there were more Penn Staters in World War II than one, right? Oh, by 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 yeah. a, a wide wide margin. Yeah. You know, and you know, you're talking about watching Battle of the Bulge last night. Um, you know, we had a whole. You know, whole, you know, whole bit, you know, uh, contingent, you know, who, who took part in that. Uh, you know, we had a former wrestler, Claire Hess, mm-hmm. you know, who was 101st Airborne. You know, he was there at Bestone, you know, you know, through that whole siege in the snow. Um, and, you know, and we actually had, you know, former student athletes who were with Patton's Army that, you know, you know came in and relieved that siege, too. Yeah, yeah Third Army, which swept up from the, uh, from the south of France. Right. Uh, that made such a big difference. What about those who participated in D-Day? I mean, because, I mean, that is, I mean, I think what, um, the U.S., I think, lost 4,000 on that day, something it, like that. Uh, it's, you know, it, you know, and, you know, again, you know, we had, you know, what we found with this project is um, we had former, former student-athletes in every corner of the world, every theater, yeah. 
Uh, every branch of, of the armed services, Iwo, every major engagement. Iwo you know, Jima, Oka, Okinawa, Guadalcanal, uh, yeah. you name it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, we had one fellow you know, uh, who, who came to Penn State through a Marine program during the war, but was in the Marines beforehand. And he was at Pearl Harbor. He was in the garrison on Midway, um, you know, you know, uh, landed on Guadalcanal, you know, and, you know, then came to Penn State, you know, you know to go through an uh, officer's training program. Um, you know, we had two former student-athletes, you know, who were in the Philippines when the Philippines fell. They both survived the Bataan Death March. Mm. Um, you know, one of the two survived the war. The other was, you know, actually drowned when his POW transport was sunk by American aircraft. Mm. Um it's I mean, they, they really were everywhere, you know, and then that, that you know that includes D-Day, you know, a couple coming ashore, you know, on on Utah Beach you know, with the Fourth you know, Infantry, uh, one one on Omaha, and you know, a whole slew of guys in the Airborne as well. Yeah, yeah. My mother had uh, two cousins that were captured in the war. One was captured by the Nazis, and one was one was in the Bataan Death March. Oof. Obviously, they both survived. Um, yeah. The one that was captured by the Nazis would reluctantly, but would talk about the experience. It was not sure. good, but it wasn't good, but he would talk about it. Mm-hmm. The one in the Bataan Death March would never talk about it. He no. never would. He wouldn't even utter the words. I, we're, we're very, very fortunate that um, the fellow who you know, died right before the end of the war, you know, who survived Bataan, mm-hmm. Um, was able to keep a typewritten journal, you know, at the prisoner camp in uh, Cabanatuan. And when he was shipped out, they knew, he knew the Japanese would take it from him. So he wrote a cover sheet that said, you know, this is my diary. I am. You know, this is my mother's address. If anybody finds this, please send it back to her in Carmichael's, Pennsylvania. And somebody did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have this great first-person story of all of his time in the camp. Yeah, and, you know, whether it was dealing with the guards or whatever diseases might be going around, you, know, you have the opportunity to read his words. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you know, they were somewhat aware that the prisoner transports, because the Japanese didn't mark you know, you know, these ships as carrying POWs. They were somewhat aware that they were being sunk by American ships and aircraft, and he actually wrote in the last entry of his diary, I hope we are not sunk by our own ships. Right. What about in Penn State football during World War II kept playing? Yep. And, uh, and 42, 43, 44, because the 41 season ended before mm-hmm. uh, Japan right. uh, bombed Pearl Harbor. And in 45, um, VJ Day was, you know, yep. I mean, they they signed they signed on September second, I think it was. So yep. 42, 43, 44, Penn State ended up winning seventeen games during that span. Was never mm-hmm. under five hundred. In your examination, yep. what kind of shell of a, of a program was Penn State? What kind of shell of a program happened to be the opponents they were playing because of the war? Yeah, you know what? It's you know that sport I think was somewhat fortunate. I, you know, we we tried to maintain a full program, full athletic program, um, and we did up through 1943, and we had to put a number of sports on hiatus in '44. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really allowed um, 
things like football, baseball, basketball, you know, to continue, was the fact that the Navy Marine Corps guys who were here on an accelerated you know, degree program, because you know, with the Navy, you know, if you if you're going to get commissioned, you have to have a college degree. And the Navy had established you know, this V12 program at a number of schools. And those guys were allowed to participate in varsity athletics, right. and that's really what kept the engine running. You know, you know, during the war years, was that we could tap into you know this pool of men, you know, were who you know who were here for it could be a couple months, it could be a year and a half. Um, you know, our last uh, five sport letter winner, Tubby Crawford, you know, was a Marine Corps V12, mm-hmm. and football was one of his sports, you know, along with I think hockey, soccer. I can count on my hand here. Football, hockey, soccer, I think lacrosse and boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, in nine months, you know, in his case. Right. Um, yeah, but being able to have those guys come in, you know, some of whom had prior playing experience at other schools, um, really let you know, really let us keep playing. You know, and you know, schedules were you know were contracted a little bit, you know, you probably weren't gonna travel right. you know, as far and wide as you might just you know, uh, you know, due to travel limitations, but they were able to keep it going. All right. You know, and as you said, you know, have some success while doing it. Yeah. Uh, now, post-war, Notre Dame, for example, was under Frank Leahy was incredibly dominant uh, and deep because post-war, a lot of student-athletes came back and were allowed to resume their play. Right. And... They were able to, you know, some people said some of the better scrimmages were the ones between the first and second teams. But, but Penn State. <laughs> I can't believe that. But Penn State went 21 3 and 2 in 46, 47, 48, including the right. Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, coincides with the last three seasons Bob Higgins was the head coach. Yep. Did Penn State benefit from those coming back from the war? Oh, I, I, you know, I, I would say ab, you know, ab, absolutely. Um, you know, it was a mix of uh, former players coming back as well as um, guys who, you know, for whom college might not have been in the cards if it wasn't for the GI Bill. You know, you know, you know, co- you know coming back from overseas, and you know, these are, you know, to, you know, to quote, to or paraphrase, I guess, you know, uh, Lou Prado, you know, like these, these were not boys; these were men. Right. Exactly. That's exactly uh, they were old. They, they were older. They were more mature. They, you know, they had seen the world, you know, for good and for bad, um, and you know, they had been, you know, physically trained for two, three, four years by the military, and you know, they were definitely re- ready to go. And you know, you, know, you just laid out, you know, the records, and you know, that you know, those numbers attest to it. So what are the highlights of this new exhibit? Well, uh, you know, it's, I think you know, we've unearthed you know, a whole host of you know, Hollywood-level stories, and that's not to downplay you know, all the guys who had much more typical experiences because they were all contributing you know, in meaningful ways you know, wherever they were. You know, but you know, some, of the, some of the bigger stories, you know, we have... Um, a fellow who uh, Frank Leeson, who was in the uh, OSS, you know, so the forerunner of the CIA, um, and he was running around China you know, with a detachment, you know, blowing up more or less everything they could find. Um, 
later had a, mo- a uh, fictionalized account of his exploits was made into a movie with Jimmy Stewart playing him. I mean, you know, hard, you know, it's, you know it, it's hard to get better than having Jimmy Stewart play you. Yes. <laughs> you know? Indiana, Pennsylvania's uh, own. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you know, you know, we have one story, one of our uh, Women's Recreation Association athletes, uh, Emma Jane Foster, you know, grew up right here in State College. You know, her dad's uh, medical office was uh, down by where Alpha Fire Company is mm-hmm. today. Uh, she was she was a one of the two female nurses who went to China with the Flying Tigers. You know, her and her late husband were married you know, by Claire Chanel in China. You know, her husband you know, unfortunately was killed uh, before they came home, um, but you know, we, you know, her story is just fascinating, and it's not just a Penn State story; it's a state college story. Yeah, this is you know, literally you know, the girl growing up down on the corner, you know, who you know, went you know, went out and saw the world. Um, you know, we have a uh, bomber pilot who you know, was uh, shot down uh, over Austria, ended up in you know, we. We always talk about like you run into Penn Staters in the strangest places, but you know in this case, uh, he ends up in a POW camp in Germany, and one of his pledge brothers, you know, from Beta Sigma Rho, is in the next hut, you know, next door. Uh, the first American officer they see when they're liberated is a guy who pledged Beta Sig a year after them. Okay. Yeah, so, you know. In the midst of the greatest conflict in human history, you have three Penn State fraternity brothers running into each other you know, in Bavaria. You know? Unbelievable. I mean, what are the odds of that? It yeah. just—it's—it's it's remarkable. And we we have a whole a whole list of you know, stories you know like that. You know that you know, we're you know, certainly looking forward to sharing with everyone you know over the next three years. And uh, what are a couple of other, other items that uh, excite you about not just this exhibit but other exhibits you have in there right now? Ah, sure. It's, I mean, you know, the, you know, this one in particular is you know, the largest special exhibition you know, that we've done to date. Yes. And, you know, it's really providing already an opportunity you know, to partner with groups across campus, you know, here in town. We've already been doing some things with the Military Museum, you know, out in Bowlesburg. Um, you know, our programming staff is, you know, gearing up now for related things around Arts Fest, you know, and uh, around football season in the fall. You know, and you know, you know, while we're moving through all this, you know, we're also doing research. We'll have a new exhibit next year on the Women's Recreation Association, which was the forerunner yeah. uh, to women's varsity sports. You know, it's you know, we're kind of you know, we're hitting a big anniversary moment here yeah, between for, the 50th anniversary of Title IX, yep. you know, 60th anniversary of women's sports at Penn State. Yeah, so it's you know I think it's a great it's a great time to bring you know the stories of that organization forward and it's you know kind of let people know that women's varsity sports didn't just materialize out of nothing, right? <laughs> you know, in 1964 that we really had had a deep tradition in place you know that when the time came and the support was there to to take things varsity um, you know that we could just you know turn things up a notch and not have to build it from whole cloth. Ken, always a pleasure. And the All Sports Museum, of course, on campus. Uh, tours as well. Uh, opportunity for that coming up? Yep. yep. We'll have stadium tours you know, going on you know, all through Arts Fest weekend. Um, tickets for those can be had through the Penn State Ticket Office. Uh, and 
you know, we're looking forward to welcoming you know, folks you know, all summer and uh, into the fall. It's great to have everybody back. Ken, thank you so much. Absolutely is. Yeah, isn't it? I appreciate it, Steve. Ken, great talking to you as always, my friend. Let's uh, get together soon. Sounds good. All right, Matt Wood, next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair.